When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wait, you've got to be kidding me. Let's get this untwisted. Good morning, my friends. My voice sounds extra raspy today. I don't know why. I don't know if that's nicer for you to listen to or more annoying. But hello, welcome back to the podcast. I used to lose my voice all the time. It almost became a personality trait of sorts. Like I would lose my voice nearly every weekend, especially in high school, especially in college. It would just be a mix of going to sporting events, screaming on the weekends, being a cheerleader, like the whole mix. And it got to the point where I started to really like losing my voice, which was the most painful and awful thing. But for some reason, I would, you know, come into class on Monday and I would be like, um, I I can't talk. <laughs> there was this one part of me that was like, oh my gosh, personality trait, lost my voice. I must have had such a busy weekend. And then there was this other part of me that was like, please, teachers, don't call on me so I don't have to talk in front of the whole class, rationalize why my voice is gone. It's like the whole shebang. Um, and, you know, I tried, you know, water with lemon and all that shebang. And for me, it just it wasn't my for lack of a better term, cup of tea. And I feel like I liked it so much because I secretly liked the way that my voice sounded when it was a little bit raspier. But in all honesty, it genuinely hurt. Like it would hurt to talk. It would hurt to laugh. It would hurt to just communicate in general. And it wasn't like I would just have a little bit of a raspy voice like I do now. It was so bad to the point where like there was no voice. Like I am Taylor, hear me croak. Please tell me you get that Hannah Montana reference. Speaking of Hannah Montana, did you listen to her on the Call Her Daddy podcast? If you're listening to my podcast, I would assume you maybe listen to other podcasts. If you don't, then maybe you think my podcast is good. If you do, you probably think my podcast is bad. But I'm a huge podcast listener and it always makes me very self-conscious about my personal podcast because I don't have obviously anybody helping me. I don't have the best equipment, microphone, whatever. I'm just not that high tech of a gal. So I listen to these podcasts on the daily and their audio quality is amazing. I just feel like their topics are good. Their marketing is good. And then I get a text from my sister the other day telling me that I get too excited when I'm on the podcast and I must be like hitting the microphone with my mouth, which page is not true. <laughs> it's just that I talk too loud at times and I need a better microphone. So hello. <laughs> if we're talking in quite literal terms here today, I believe is day 80 or 81 of finishing 75 hard. No, that doesn't make sense. It's been about five or six days since I ended the program, and it's been the weirdest feeling for me. I think in a lot of ways, I've been confused on like what to do with my life now, because if I'm really being thoughtful about this, 
my whole life was consumed with this one program for two and a half months. And as much as I don't want to admit that's the truth, it truly is. Because if you listen to my last podcast about this, or if you watch my YouTube video about it, I kind of got into the topic of how it was so time consuming, not only with my actual time, but even just consuming so much space in my mind. There was not a single moment of the day when I wasn't just running my mind through the list in my head of what I had done or hadn't done for the challenge for that particular day. And I think at the end of it, I was just feeling so taxed by that kind of mental pressure that I put on myself. And maybe that's just me and my personality. And I'm very paranoid and making sure I don't mess up. And I'm always trying to think ahead and be very thoughtful with my time. But when I finished the program this past week, it almost felt like I was on summer break or I was finally done with a giant school project or paper or finals. It had that same kind of effect on me. And I think it was because all of a sudden I realized I don't I don't have to be doing anything anymore. Because for the past two and a half months, I had almost taken on this whole new routine for myself and even really for Keith and I. Every single day I needed to make sure I either started my day with a workout or somehow got it in. I needed to make sure I was drinking my water. I needed to make sure we went on an outdoor walk or did some sort of outdoor exercise. And it just kind of became second nature after a long period of time, which is obviously the point. But when you take that away, after being so I guess, comfortable doing it for such an extended period of time, it feels like I'm a little bit lost as if I don't know what to do anymore or what is driving me to work out or what's pushing me. I feel like I go back and forth on deciding whether or not to start a new challenge or new program every day. Some part of me just wants to be able to just live out my days, not worry about having to do, you know, a certain Chloe Ting workout for the day because it's part of this program or challenge that I'm doing. And then there's this other part of me that really loves that kind of fire that's lit under my butt when I'm motivated by a purpose. So yeah, that's kind of what I've been dealing with this past week is just sort of recognizing what do I still want to do? Do I not want to drink alcohol anymore? That's kind of a lie. I've already had a wine night a beer and a rosé. I think that's it. (laughs) But do I still want to be working out every single day? Do I still want to drink a gallon of water every single day? That one's also a yes. But I remember thinking, you know, around like day 40 or 50, once I reached day 76, I was just going to basically collapse. I was going to have a day where I didn't leave my bed all day long. I was going to do pretty much nothing. I was going to eat whatever I wanted, drink whatever I wanted. And honestly, I was very shocked by myself, but I didn't actually have a rest day until I think maybe day 79 or 80 because I almost just didn't really feel like I needed one, which if you would have told me that even two months ago, I would have laughed in your face. But I really do think that the program just allowed me to get a really good head on my shoulders and recognize why I'm working out and for what purpose. And also to note that not every workout needs to be some sort of high intensity, 45 minute, push yourself to your limits kind of thing. But let me tell you, I definitely did do a few workouts that were just 15 or 30 minutes long. And boy, did that feel good. It felt like I added on like an additional three hours to my day 
which is of course so irrational, but that was something I never got over. I didn't understand why you had to do a 45 minute workout. It kind of felt like an arbitrary number to me, but I do understand everything about the program is just discipline, discipline, discipline. Something that was really fun for me actually was having just a big old fun cheat day with myself. And I know a lot of people might argue that that's exactly what you're not supposed to do when you finish the program. The whole idea behind doing the program is to, of course, win the war over yourself, just gain a lot of willpower over wanting to have those kinds of treats. But to be honest, I don't really care. (laughs) I don't think that there's anything wrong with eating what I want to eat to begin with. I personally think that this is something that should be widespread as well, but all food is guilt-free and I shouldn't have guilt about wanting to just eat whatever I wanted to for just one day of the year, whatever. So you know what? I went ahead and did it. I had a beautiful day. I made a whole YouTube video about it, so I don't want to spoil it all because of course I would love for you to watch it, but I had a whole lot of donuts, which were delicious. And honestly, don't ever underappreciate your local donut shop. Don't get me wrong. I love myself some Krispy Kreme. I love myself some Dunkin'. But at the end of the day, your local donut shop is beyond superior. Don't forget about them. And they're always the nicest people. They'll always give you more donuts than you even ask or pay for just because they're kind and lovely human beings. And they're going to taste probably 16 times better than a Krispy Kreme donut would sorry, don't come at me. But you know, what's the truth. Like the local bakery is always going to be better. So I had my donuts. I had some delicious Starbucks, like a yummy old Frappuccino, good old classic seventh grade Taylor coming out. And the weirdest part was I was really expecting to just let myself go the entire day. I pretty much told myself, you know what, eat whatever in the heck that you want. Just have fun with it. And it kind of was a really weird experience for me because I would say I definitely splurged on the donuts. I ordered maybe three and I'm pretty sure I ate most of them minus a few bites from Keith. But I was really expecting myself to indulge specifically with just my snacks because that's always my biggest problem. The pita chips, the Chex Mix, the the Cheez-Its, extra toasty Cheez-Its, oh my golly, beyond superior. But truly, I had a few and I didn't want to just sit on the couch with the whole chip bag like I normally would have wanted to. And maybe that was something I didn't recognize I was going to get out of the program. I didn't think that I was going to maybe lose my affinity for snacking. I mean, don't get me wrong here. Don't get this twisted. I still love the snacks, but I didn't feel the urge to overindulge in them. And that was something that I actually found to be really, really cool because I honestly don't remember the last time I hadn't had that feeling of just wanting to keep eating and eating and eating. So that was really neat. And to be honest, I did feel a little bit gross that night and the next day because I hadn't eaten well whatsoever. I had just filled my body up with a whole bunch of processed sugar and just nastiness. But I mean, the food was delicious, but I definitely feel like I got my itch, my cheat day itch out of me. So I'm really glad I did that. And now I just don't really feel that interested in eating those foods as much anymore, which is wild beyond belief. But it's been a real big roller coaster ever since I even finished the program and uploaded my video about it and uploaded my initial podcast about it. I feel like I can obviously share this here because if you're listening to this, you might be a little bit more invested than, you know, the average 
folk who just randomly stumbles upon my video or something. But I was so dang nervous to share my experience and share really just any feedback about the program in general. I was getting really apprehensive right before I was about to upload any of my content because I kept seeing just little snippets of reviews or things across the internet or even just people messaging me a little bit more concerned about the program itself and not criticizing me or anything, but I kept seeing things like, don't you think that this program is too restrictive? Don't you think that this is too hard to manage? Or, you know, I just didn't, I didn't want to promote something that I wasn't a fan of. And I feel like I've always really tried my best to make sure that I'm not promoting false information or spreading programs around that I don't agree with. To be honest, I was so apprehensive about even starting 75 Hard because of the whole restrictive factor or the time commitment. And I really was just so nervous about promoting something or sharing something on any of my social medias or any of my platforms that maybe not everybody agreed with. And this to me is also just a little bit of my personality, my Enneagram, if you will, coming through. And I definitely keep mentioning the Enneagram on the podcast because it's become kind of my point of happiness. And it's kind of my pocket of myself that I'm loving learning about right now. So I'm sorry if I'm yapping your ear off about it now, but I have finally finally recognized what my Enneagram type is. And it has somehow, I didn't expect it to do this, but opened so many of my eyeballs, so many of them, (laughs) to knowing more about myself, to understanding how I operate and how I think and why I think the way I think. And it's kind of funny because for the longest time, I thought that I was an Enneagram type six, which is the loyalist. And I kind of thought this because I'm a little bit of a paranoid person. I think I'm very fearful of a lot of things. And each of the Enneagram types is actually related to a seven deadly sin. And for type six, it is fear. So I always kind of thought I was just a six, but it never really sat right with me. Like sometimes I think, you know, you know, and I was just telling myself, yeah, I'm a six. Maybe I just don't really relate to the Enneagram like some other people do. And then when I started reading this book about the Enneagram, I was learning more about each type, which let me just say, if this is something that you're ever interested in, you have to learn about each type also, because even though you might be a type six, learning about all the different types actually helps you learn more about yourself. But I'll definitely get into that in a different podcast. But as I'm reading this book, I'm starting to kind of question my sixness. And I'm like, well, I kind of feel like a three at times, but I also kind of see myself as a four, but also kind of a two and a one. And I was going down, you know, the typical path of what the heck number am I actually until I came across the chapter on type nine. I don't think I'd ever felt more seen, more heard, more understood than I did when I was reading and learning about type nines. Basically, what I also deduced was the reason that I was so confused about my type. And this is kind of common across the board. So this might just be totally made up in my mind. But type nine is the peacemaker. And type nines actually have a really hard time identifying their own opinion because they're so 
eager to please other people. They're so eager to listen in on other people's thoughts and they don't want to step on anybody's toes and they so easily see other people's sides of the story more than their own. So it's almost like a hard time even identifying themselves. And I feel like that's kind of the reason why I was so confused on my personal type because I kept seeing all of the strengths of every other type. And I would say that one's amazing and that one's amazing. And, you know, I could definitely see myself kind of falling in that category, but not really. And I just toy back and forth with it. And it was just the most eye-opening moment when I recognized like, holy crap, I'm a nine to a T. Even just like the little things about the nine, like the nine's seven deadly sin is sloth and not laziness in the fact of like just pure laziness, but more so you become so mentally drained from wanting to be so much at peace and wanting to kind of suppress any kind of conflict and it's mentally draining and exhausting. So nines have a little bit more of a tendency to be slower to start or slower with their mornings and when I even heard just that one part like slow with their mornings I think I saw a meme that I almost shared to my Instagram and maybe I didn't oh no I did that's right it was this meme that said I just need 8 to 12 hours of alone time in the mornings and then I'm recharged and ready to tackle the day which is me to a T And I'm pretty sure I actually found it from an Instagram account that's just based in Enneagram memes. And it's so funny that I've even gone off on this tangent because I promise you I will make another episode specifically about all of this. But it had just been really fascinating for me to learn more about my Enneagram type and then kind of how I was interlacing it with my anxiety about wanting to share more about 75 hard because I hate if I would ever post something and somebody wouldn't agree with it or somebody would think I'm wrongdoing or I'm sharing misinformation like that is a huge fear of mine because it's something I truly and genuinely would never do but of course there's trolls all over the internet and they'll probably assume that of me somehow sometime I need to be a little bit more assertive with myself and and knowing my intentions and recognizing that. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Some people just love to stir the pot just because they want to be a good chef, you know? I told you all last week that I really wanted to dedicate this episode solely to engaging with you and answering your specific questions about this because it was too much for me to even try and fit 
75 hard into an hour-long podcast. I tried my best, but I feel like there were even so many parts of it that I ended up cutting out because, first of all, I don't want to bore you. Second of all, it's just really hard to suppress down into one single conversation because it's essentially my entire thought process that's been dragged out for two and a half months. So I know that I maybe didn't do a good job of explaining it, to which I say I'm sorry and I apologize. Hopefully today we can get a little bit more of your questions answered. Cosette asks, what made you want to do 75 hard? So I essentially wanted to do the program because I felt like I was flowing through the motions of working out. I felt like I was only doing challenges because it was what other people wanted to see from me or I would do a workout because I was hopefully going to look better at the end of it, you know, after a long period of time for other people and not for Taylor. And that was definitely problematic in my mind. And I felt like I wanted to do something different for myself that wasn't a physical challenge and that was not based in physical results. So when I found out about 75 Heart and how it truly is about your mentality, I obviously was skeptical at first, but then I ultimately realized this was what I needed to do for myself. Do you feel like it is too extreme? Like it's not worth it to alter your life so much? I want to say to this, yes and no. I think for many demographics, it is too extreme. For example, if you're really young, even I would say even if you're in high school and younger, I do think that it's too extreme for so many reasons other than just these. But most of the time you might be living at home with your family. And I feel like when you're with your family or you're in your home, that should be your priority. I know a lot of times people will write into me saying, I want to eat healthy, but my family doesn't eat healthy or so-and-so doesn't cook healthy food for me. And honestly, I wish that I could spread this message even more, but we need to be so grateful for what we have and not wishing away our privileges. And to even have a home-cooked meal, to even come home to a family is a privilege in and of itself. And I feel like wanting to eat healthy, of course, is something that is a really great goal. But if your family is providing you with dinner every single night and maybe it's not exactly what you want, I feel like the bigger picture here is recognizing how lucky you are to have that dinner, you know, and there are little things that you can do in your life that can maybe help you towards a healthier path than sacrificing or maybe even disrespecting the meals that your family provides you. So that's kind of on a weird tangent here. But with that and also drinking a gallon of water, I think is too much for when you're really young or even just trying to squeeze in two exercises a day. When you're that young, just live your life, you know? Like most of the time you might be doing this or listening to this over the summer, to which I say just go outside and have fun. But on the flip side of it, for somebody like me who is, you know, living on their own and just wanting to do something a little bit different, I think it is extreme intentionally. I don't think it's crazy detrimental and I think a lot of people think it's too restrictive and whatnot, but I would also argue that it's pretty customizable. The diet is customizable. The workouts are customizable. Yes, it is very time consuming. And I think that it is definitely hard to squeeze everything into your day. But the whole point of it all is the mental discipline. And I think sometimes there could be modifications to this program. I think you could do like somebody suggested a 75 medium or a 75 easy as Keith likes to tease me. 
I think you could do bits and pieces of it, but I ultimately think if you're in a good, healthy mindset to start something like this, it is worth it. How many times did you want to cheat? Honestly, not as many as I probably would have suspected. I think the hardest hurdle is the first two weeks, maybe just because you're getting used to kind of a new lifestyle or a new way of orienting your day. Even when I was around friends who were drinking beer or having wine or something, I didn't even feel that tempted, which was pretty cool. But I did want ice cream quite a bit, especially because I would always smell these delicious waffle cones. And even just a few times when Keith would come home from work and he would just immediately eat like all the chips and pretzels in our cupboard, that would make me really want to indulge too. But it wasn't that bad, especially after I got the hang of it. I just kind of, I guess, started creating different, maybe healthier habits for myself. And at that point, I wasn't that interested in the things I wasn't having anymore. What is your advice to someone who wants to try it but is scared to miss out on life? I'm a senior in college and worried to miss out on good times. In all honesty, absolutely not. Don't waste your time. It's not worth it at that stage in your life, especially when you're a senior in college and you're probably going to be going out with friends quite a bit, maybe Corona or not. You're wanting to just do random things like eat pizza late at night and go have ice cream. Or maybe you don't have time that day to fit into workouts because you're going to hang out with friends back to back to back. That's why I honestly just wouldn't recommend it for so many different people. Not because you couldn't handle it, but because it's just not worth it. Like when I was a senior in college, I barely had time to eat dinner every single night, let alone fit in two workouts, plus the reading, plus the dieting. Like It's just not worth it in my opinion. I think that there are so many different ways that you could make healthier changes to your day-to-day routine that are way easier and maybe even more sustainable than doing 75 hard when you're a senior in college. So no, do not even worry about it. What did you struggle with the most? I think to continually repeat myself just the time of it all and having to constantly think in my head of how I was going to get everything done. And sometimes I'm just not really good with my time going back to the Enneagram. I love my slow mornings. I love just taking things really easy and I'm a lot of times slow to start. So sometimes I felt like I was a burden to other people if I needed to get things done in my day and I was taking up their time or I was making my time more precious than their time. And to me, that's not only disrespectful, but it's just not that fun. What have you learned about yourself? Incredible question. I wish I had a philosophical answer for you. I definitely think I learned that I need a lot of time with my day. I learned that I am capable of more than I thought I would be. I learned I can accomplish something if I put my mind to it and I can have willpower over myself and I can win the war over myself. I learned that I sometimes really do need 20 minutes of reading every single day to calm my mind. I learned that I'm fully capable of functioning in social situations without feeling like a loner or a loser or something if I wasn't drinking or I wasn't indulging or something. And honestly, I was just really excited that I am somebody that could do something like this. I never thought that was going to be me. I never thought I would do a program like 75 hard, let alone successfully. What did you do at times when you felt like giving up? Um, I think I would try and do things that I knew I was capable of. So for instance, if I would have 
push off my workout until the very wee hours of the night because I did unfortunately do this once or twice. I did things that I knew were going to put me in a better mindset. So if I put off my workout, I would do something like yoga because I knew it was going to be good for me and it was going to be good for my mind. And even though I didn't want to do it, it was going to be better for me when I finished it. And I knew I was going to end up in a better mindset when I finished it. And honestly, a lot of times I think I thought about each and every single one of you who watches my videos and listens to my podcast and who I share my experience with on Instagram when I'm telling you that I'm dedicating myself to doing something for 75 days. And I thought of how honestly embarrassing it would have been if I had to say, you know, I I fucked up, I messed up, and here I am starting from, from day one. But honestly, I kind of respect people who do something like that too because you can gain so much respect for that person for just being real and honest and raw. But at the same time, it was kind of what kept me motivated when I would have those really rough days and I would just be so uninterested in working out or all I wanted to do was sit down on the couch with a box of Oreos. I would think of each and every single one of you and how much you've motivated me and inspired me to keep going. Somebody said, I want to do this, but I'm confused. If I eat a cookie, I need to start over. Help me. Well, honestly, this to me goes back to the customizable part. If you think that cookies are not considered a cheat meal or they're not out of your diet, then I think you're totally fine. But I think you also need to be pretty honest with yourself. Um, What are your goals? The point of the diet is to stick to a diet that helps you achieve your goals. So if eating a cookie is going to help you achieve your goals, then there you go. You definitely need to be honest with yourself throughout the whole program. So if this is something you want to do, don't cheat yourself. It is absolutely not worth it. It's not worth your time. It's not worth your energy. And it's not even worth like the pain that you might feel inside, you know, after this is all finished, knowing that, you know, back on day 18, you messed up. That's not fun for you. That's not rewarding. It's not even worth it. What aspects of 75 Hard do you think you'll incorporate the most into your daily life moving forward? I think this is easier said than done. Um, (laughs) because I think there are a lot of things that I do still want to incorporate, but hopefully I'll still have the motivation to keep them up because honestly, sometimes I do need that fire under my butt. Definitely the daily walks I think are super helpful for just myself, for Heath, and also because of Reese and it's just good for her to get the exercise anyway. So that's definitely a good one. I would say I work out generally almost every single day to begin with. So that's probably something I'll keep up also, but I don't know if I'll be doing it for 45 minutes because truly, what's the point? I definitely will still be drinking a gallon of water. I won't be taking a picture of myself because honestly, why? I've been reading still a little bit, but it's not been 10 pages and it's just been here or there. But maybe once I find a good book and it wouldn't have to be nonfiction, then I would keep that up also. No alcohol, I feel like is kind of a stretch. I think that maybe I'll be a little bit more conscious of when or how much I'm drinking and if I truly want to drink or if I'm just in a social setting that would make me want to drink. And then similarly with my diet, just constantly reminding myself of how I'm eating and what foods I'm consuming help me reach my goals. So honestly, I feel like kind of a lot of them, but maybe just not on that extremist of a level. What day was the hardest? Jeez. I feel like the days in the beginning are definitely the hardest, but then also maybe around like 
day 60 or so, I was feeling just so unmotivated because I felt like I'd been doing this. Actually, I had been doing this for two months. I was so uninterested in going forward. I was just so ready because the finish line was so close I could taste it. And I was just, yeah, not having it anymore. But honestly, of course, I'm glad that I stuck through. And maybe that's the whole point. Like it's two and a half months for a reason. It's not just 60 days. It's 75 days of pushing yourself. Did you do a morning and evening workout or did you do it all at once? Uh, It just depended on the day for me. Sometimes I did them back to back. Sometimes it was morning and evening. Sometimes it was evening, evening. It didn't really matter. I don't think it matters whatsoever if you're doing the program. It's truly up to you and your preference. But honestly, it's yeah, it doesn't matter whatsoever. Can I do 75 hard without counting calories? Absolutely. I would say that's not even a necessity whatsoever. I think that's definitely a personal preference. I wouldn't ever recommend counting calories to anybody that isn't interested in doing it. It also is probably not the safest or best habit if you're not careful about it. So no, definitely not needed whatsoever. I'm sure it could be helpful, but no, I didn't really do that myself. Did you ever grow tired of your workouts? I'm on day 13 and already feeling burnt out. I think I got tired of the concept sometimes because like I said, I didn't want to work out for 45 minutes and a lot of my favorite workout programs or workout routines, for example, Fit Girl Mel, her workouts are 20 to 25 minutes long and I would be drenched in sweat, absolutely dripping from head to toe. And you couldn't tell me that I didn't get a good enough workout in in that 20, 25 minutes, but then I'd have to find an additional 20 minute workout. And sometimes I found that a little bit tiring. I would suggest if you're in that state of feeling like you're already burnt out, maybe try and find a different workout program to stick to. Maybe just switch up your routine all the time. What I've come to love is finding different workout programs on the internet. Clearly, if you watch my videos or you just follow me at all, you might know that I do a lot of different routines from a lot of different people. And I think some people are like, how do you even do that? Like I would need one certain program, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't get tired of it at all because I always feel like I'm constantly challenged. I'm constantly trying somebody new and it feels like I'm going to like a different fun workout class, you know, every day of the week. So I just love trying out different people and seeing what works for me and what programs are my favorite. And if I end up finding somebody let's say Sydney Cummings, for example, I loved doing her workouts after I just did one video on her. And now I'll incorporate her workouts into my routine, you know, three times a week. So if you're getting burnt out, I would definitely suggest restructuring maybe what time of day you work out, whose workouts you're following, if you're following anybody's, because sometimes you could just be working out on your own, in which case maybe I'd even suggest following a video because doing it with somebody else is so darn inspiring. Ideas for exercises on active rest days and stuff to do when you're sore, but you still got to work out. Sometimes I would do two walks a day if I really wanted to. Sometimes I would do yoga. I would do yoga with Adrienne a lot. That is a wonderful person I would suggest if you've never heard of her. She's got like 8 million subscribers on YouTube. She's pretty darn legit. One day I actually had the worst cramps. Oh my golly, they were awful. Like I actually went on my outdoor walk and it was the most uncomfortable walk of my life, even after I'd taken my doll. So I ended up going home and finding a few workouts from Koboko Fitness on YouTube. And she had a few different really, really helpful period workouts. And to that, I say, 
I love her. Thank you so much. Those saved me, especially when I was just not in the mood whatsoever. And I think a few of them were even titled like period workout you can do from your bed. So it was super easy and achievable, especially when I was just absolutely not in the mood. And I honestly think sometimes I even Googled like workout for when you're not motivated, which is kind of cheesy and funny, but it works because you get some pretty darn good results because let's be honest, other people are in the same boat as you. Not everybody's motivated all the darn time. And if they tell you that they are, they're lying. How many times did you mess up and have to start all over? Don't lie. I did not lie. I did not have to start over. I swear to God, I did the whole program. I'm very lucky that I didn't mess up. I tried my darn hardest to make sure every single day before I went to sleep that I crossed every single thing off. I was just very adamant about making sure like in my head or even on a piece of paper that I'd crossed everything off. So no, I did not have to restart. Is it just me or are you kind of scared once you finish the challenge, you might slip back into old habits like eating junk food and stuff? I was really scared of this, to be honest. I think maybe that's why I was so inclined to almost just encourage myself to have a big cheat day. So I just knew there were absolutely no limitations for myself. And I just sort of felt like I was so untrustworthy of myself. Knowing my past, knowing how much I love snacking and just my normal eating habits, I really just didn't believe in myself. I didn't think I was going to be able to do this and not just easily slip back into my old ways. And I really don't even know how it happens or how you get there because you kind of feel like you're just doing these daily tasks and what is that going to do for you once the program's over? But I feel like somehow along the way, you just end up gaining this kind of amazing mentality over yourself where you have this ability to control your habits and control your lifestyle. And maybe that's where the whole basis of the program comes. But I don't know. I was so impressed by the fact that when day 76 rolled around, I didn't have that feeling. And I told myself I could have whatever I wanted. I told myself I didn't have to work out. And I didn't do it anyways. And even on day 76, I was like, you know what, you can do nothing all day long. But I still wanted to do stuff. And I didn't feel like I needed to just binge, binge, binge like maybe previous Taylor would have. I don't even know how it happens. Maybe it's like the slow burn of it all. I don't know, but it's pretty darn impressive. Do you see a bigger difference mentally or physically? I definitely think mentally. I think I've seen some pretty good physical results, but honestly, I was kind of expecting like this um, miraculous transformation, which of course will not happen in 75 days. But I do think that, you know, by the nature of the program, you're going to end up seeing some really good results. But I honestly just think I've developed a better attitude, a better mentality, just better habits in general that I think obviously came from the mental processes of the program. And that to me completely outweighs all of the physical benefits. But I genuinely think that after doing this program, I've recognized that I wouldn't see physical benefits or at any point in my life, I will not see physical benefits if I'm not mentally there. If my mental health is not already in check, then my physical benefits will not come. It won't happen. And I wish I would have known that earlier on in my life. I wish somebody would have told me that you can't get to where you want to be until you are proud of yourself or you are capable mentally or you're just even in a good state of mind. And I wish somebody would have helped me recognize that a little bit more. And honestly, that's the problem. Nobody can help you other than 
yourself. You have to believe that. You have to know that you will be capable of something and that you're strong enough and that you're just able. You're absolutely able and capable and confident and competent. I used to tell myself these three words every time I used to have an interview for anything because I'd get really nervous and I'd start almost like shaking and I'd repeat out loud to myself, competent, confident, and thriving. One, because it was really good for my uh, vocal practice. It would get me to enunciate better. And also, if I repeated those things out loud to myself over and over again, I almost started to believe them. I'm confident, I'm competent, and I'm thriving. And somehow, you know, a lot of times it worked. (laughs) In the end, was it worth it? Absolutely. I, I don't know if I'm going to do it again. I don't know if I want to do the next phase because I'm pretty sure the way the program works is there's the program called 75 hard. Then I believe there's phases one through three or something. And each of the phases has another task or so added onto it. And some of them are like doing these mental tasks or something like that. And one of them is taking a cold shower or I kind of forget the rest of them, but I'm curious if I'd even be interested in doing the next phases. I'm curious if it's worth it. I honestly would be more inclined to do 75 hard again before I'd move on to the next phase. Like I would want to do the exact same thing I did again before I would do something a little bit more intense. Maybe that's just me. I don't know if that's smart or not, but I'm really glad I did do it. I'm glad that I put my mind to something and I accomplished it. Um, I'm really glad that it's over if we're being honest, but now my goals for myself are just trying to maintain that willpower, maintain that mentality that I've gained and the strength that I've gained over my mindset. And I hope I can carry that with me through anything that I'm doing physical and beyond. And that's kind of the point. It's not supposed to be a program that's pushing you to have a better approach to working out. It's supposed to give you this mindset that will allow you to reach your dreams in life. You're supposed to be that kind of person that other people want to be because you have this incredible willpower over yourself that maybe nobody else has. And yeah, it's pretty cheesy and I don't really know how true it is or not. But honestly, I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to improve yourself mentally. So if I can keep that up or if I could, you know, somehow improve myself moving forward, then I think I'd be on a pretty good path. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Don't Get It Twisted. I hope that this answered a little bit more of your questions about the program. And if you still have more, please, please feel free to message me on Instagram at Taylor Woods with two L's. Send me a question into the email for the podcast, hello at twistypod.com. You can always just comment on any of my YouTube videos too, or whatever is the easiest way of getting in contact with me works for you, works for me. I'm cool with it. So I just appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this. I love you all. I hope you're staying safe and I will talk to you in the next one.